Welcome to another episode of the Modeling Empire Narratives podcast, where we work towards master empathetic navigation. I'm your co-host, Jordan Flowers. I'm Jacob Hale. And I'm Trey Mosley. And we back, baby. We back in we back in business, bro. It's been a hold on, it's been a while, huh? Probably a couple months. Huh? No, it's about about a month, right? Yeah, somewhere in there. A lot of big moves that's been made on, on all three of our ends. A lot of life changing stuff that's coming up. A lot of decisions that need to be made. We ain't gonna get into that today, man. But we got some money decisions that's gonna get made here soon. Um, not just with the podcast, but on a, just a personal level. But um, before we get into the podcast episode and everything, you know what we got to get into with the little rundown, man. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, comment, Apple, uh, podcast, Spotify, YouTube, all of that. We need all that. Run that up. Run that bell on for that notification. Tell them, hell, hey, they need to tap in with us, man. Uh, we we doing a lot of special things here at Men the Podcast, and we and on top of the special things, and in addition, when we talk about special things, we are now getting into an episode. I'm talking about officially, right? Getting into the episode with what? Going with the flow. Ooh, we bro, we've been on the we've been in the works for this for. I want to say about a month now. Um, so this is a little bit of kind of a change of pace for us because, you know, a lot of our things is pretty much um, a little bit scripted, a little bit season based. Um, but this is kind of a little bit more easygoing conversation in terms of current events um, ranging from entertainment and all that stuff. So we wanted to keep evolving as a podcast. Right. And one of these things is absolutely and so one of these things is to get into those current events and make sure we have those mini episodes so they just hear us in a different light from just the more serious stuff even though sometimes we will talk about some serious stuff here but um it's definitely a change of pace for us and we want to keep evolving and giving our listeners something new to listen to and something new to tune into um when they they come to listen to us so with that being said with uh, going with the flow um i want to start with hell what is the current event that you are uh, bring it to the table for us today. So for today, uh, what I want to talk about is the Ohio derailment that happened. It's been about a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Good to good thing to stamp here, you know, just uh, for people wondering. But yeah, it's been about a few weeks. So um, two things. One, uh, if people know uh, my I work in a job to where I would be close to something of that realm where it works with trains and stuff. I designed bridges and funny enough, Norfolk South Southern, who is in charge of the train and the rail station that uh, ended up derailing, uh, I actually did a job for them not too long ago and uh, build, help build a rail bridge for them. So um, I have a little bit of in-depth knowledge on what it is uh most important thing i'm not here to get this podcast in trouble <laughs> i'm not here right to get myself in trouble so um everything's going to be alleged and uh personally it's from my perspective so i'm not here to demonize or uh talk bad about any type of company or anything uh it's more of just what how i feel and then just some general things, housekeeping things that people may not know about when it comes to the realm of this stuff. So to start off with, people, not everyone understands how it happens. The easiest way to explain how it happens is it's more or less an infrastructure issue. So kind of like with a car, 
if a train doesn't get maintenance on properly or if it's way past when it's supposed to be decommissioned, then it runs the risk of a derailment. And same thing with the rails. If the rails aren't maintained properly or if some type of weather conditions were to arise, then it would give more likely for a derailment. So from what I know, and this is alleged, um, what happened in Ohio was a derailment. It was caused by the wheels of the train. So more than likely, it was some type of either faulty or some type of maintenance issue that wasn't taken care of that caused it. Now, why it's important is because of what it's carrying, not just the derailment itself. Derailments, hundreds of derailments happen every year. There's nothing new about it. It happens. That's just the current state of the infrastructure as a whole right now. But what was dumped and what ended up transpiring is the biggest issue going on right now is that uh, this is a extreme environmental disaster going on right now. These are toxic chemicals that have been dumped in all over the place. And the big worry and what people don't understand is, you know, why isn't it prevalent in the news? Why isn't it talked about? Um, I can't necessarily answer that question, but what I will say is that Norfolk Southern is a government entity and how any government entity works is that um, everything has to be screened and accepted before anything gets put out as a press release. So because of that, you can't just go up there and say whatever you want immediately as something happens, right? You have to give it time. They have to take their, they have to do their own investigation. So they said anything at this point, if they haven't, they probably won't say anything for a while until a full investigation is completed and they run through everything that's happened and why it happened the way it did. And then they would let us know. Um, I guess from here, I'm kind of curious, you know, what do you guys think of this so far? I guess what are your current opinions about what's going on in Ohio and everything? Um, I would, I can go first. I think like, it's just crazy to think about how you have the train just tipping over it. And you, like you said, there's had to be a maintenance or some issue with them not checking up on it, whatever it might have been. But at the same time, if you have all these chemicals and you're going to transfer all those across the country or whatever else that might be harmful for our environment, why not make sure you're checking up on the railroads in the same pathways that they go through? Because they're only going to a specific number of spots. It's not like they're going all over the world, all over the country in every single city. They're only going to certain plants and things like that. So why don't just check up on those specifically? more than other ones that may just be carrying coal or something. And just to piggyback off what, what Trey is saying with that, um, I think it's a couple thoughts that come to my mind specifically is like these type of events, especially when we talk about disasters and uh, my mind goes back to like the Chernobyls, right? Um, mm -hmm. Those natural disasters like that, the Chernobyls and then the American one um, that we would call the American Chernobyl would be the Three Mile Island incident that happened in Pennsylvania with the nuclear reactor and things of that nature. So we're, we're not foreign to things of these things happening, but like uh, Trey was saying is that I think this is just a bigger issue in terms of America. It, it gives you, it gives like this specific incident gives like the impression that America is all about pushing for numbers, right? Getting it all the way, getting things done, pushing the product, no matter what, 
instead of understanding that there's a process, right? Not under, they understand that, but the product and getting it to where it needs to go to is more important than the upkeep of how to get it there. Right. Exactly. So the quality yeah. of it might, the quality of transportation might not be there, but that's not the number one thing. And that, in our minds and in an American minds, is more so how let's just get it there and let's get it there repetitively. Let's get it there as quick as we can. Let's get it there in mass numbers in terms of quantity. And so this is just, uh, in my mind, like my perspective of it, it just goes to show you how much we push quantity over quality. And so the upkeep of all these railroads and the upkeep of a lot of things, there's a lack of quality in it. But at the same time, we're not more so focused on that because we're so focused on just the product getting there, right? And being able to sell it and not more so about this train. And I've seen a little video, not ended on this. I've seen a little video on Twitter where like this train was like going through this forest and it was like bumpy and almost like derailed. Like it was like the wildest thing I've ever seen because like the tracks were just so misshaped and so badly damaged. But that just goes to show you the upkeep of these things are not very much up to date because nobody really spends the time to that. Well, that would cost money. And we are in the minds of how do I cut costs and maximize profit? And that's literally the American way. And these incidents just show exactly how that happens is because we push, push, push for more product and the upkeep of how to get that product there or the quality of the product is not up to standard. But that's because we're trying to cut costs and maximize profits. Any closing yeah. thoughts, Hill? Uh, I'll just say to end this off, you know, again, um, I want this to come across as we're demonizing Norfolk Southern or anyone involved with it, because at the end of the day, you know, we need to know what really happened. We need to know the investigation, how it got to that point. You know, this is all speculation. Uh, I would just say I 100% agree. And, um, to kind of finish the point here, this is kind of the issue that you see between this disconnect with the public and the government is that, you know, if these things are going to happen or if you're going to get to this point to where you're just not upkeeping like you're supposed to, there needs to be some type of accountability. There needs to be some type of transparency. But the fact that everything that comes with agencies come across as we need to keep this as quiet as possible. You know, through that silence, you're making people give their own assumptions. And that's what people are having now where they have this distrust in the government. It's that it's not that the government is inherently bad. It's just that the government doesn't allow transparency and accountability. So because of that, people are left to their own devices on what could have happened. And then from there, Things keep running wild, you know. Something of this is important enough to talk about, and they should have talked about it, but for some reason they felt like they didn't need to. So now you have a bunch of people that now believe that this was some type of setup, some type of cover-up thing going on. You know, they don't want people to know, or maybe that's not even the case. So that that's just something I thought of. You know, maybe it's something that everyone, you know, definitely the government is something that they can fix and get better at with their relations with the public. And yeah, just before I move, interesting. Just uh, hearing about just the trains and, like you said, there's happen all the time, but we just only hearing about this one. And the, the the thing that comes to mind too, before I shift the train on his current event, is like Hale was saying, is just that transparency, that transparency. And I understand from the level of government that we're talking about how something's got to be kept kept under wrap. 
You know what I'm saying? You don't want to give all the information because public really think they want to know everything until you give them everything and then it causes mass panic. You know what I'm right. saying? So I understand from that perspective, but also, like you said, hell, you got to understand it's a catch-22 too because if you don't give them the information, guess what? Now, in our minds, we need to get a conclusion. So now we're about to just make assumptions. And it might be, yeah. it might be the wrong thing. It might be the right thing. But the fact of the matter is we going to make it up in our own minds to confirm something that we already thought. And especially if we got this mistrust in the government, we're going to think who behind it? The government. You know what I'm saying? They're not doing their job, whether it's their fault or not. That is our own assumptions and biases with that. But I do want to shift into Trey, who has a more lighthearted topic yeah. for us today man talk uh talk to us trey what we what we talking about in terms of your current event you know, every kid had them hoop dreams everybody wanted to be in the nba so we're gonna talk about the all-star game we're gonna talk about what do we think about it from last night and uh how it wasn't really it was a lot of standing around i know i saw on twitter there was a picture and it was it was harvers jason and everybody else was standing at the top of the key all four, all eight of them just standing right next to each other, hands on their hips, just chilling. Like, nobody wants to watch that. Everybody wants to watch the greatest pickup game in the world, which that's what that is. That's what that could be. The All-Star game should be the best people in the world, which is the NBA. Everybody knows that. All of them, the best of them, playing against each other. Like, I watched this Kobe video today, actually, for the show, and it was talking about how like this should be like the greatest thing for all the fans of the NBA. Like everybody should be excited for the all-star game. Like this should be the best game, even like better than the finals games. Cause it's literally the best of the best all playing hard as they can going against each other. And he said, every time I went and it was me and CP three on the team, we weren't losing. Cause we knew that we were trying to play as hard as we could to make sure that we would win to make sure the fans got something that they wanted to see. They, they don't want to see dunks and oops all day. They can see that every time in every game. They want to see hard, good against good, best against best, who's hooping the best. So for my question for you guys is like, what do you think could be done to change how uh, people view the All-Star game now? Hell, you want to tackle that? Yeah, sure. Um, I watched a little bit of it. I actually – had money on it so uh thank you damian lillard uh you <laughs> shot and made eight threes you went eight for 20 but you made eight threes and you want me some money so i really appreciate that, <laughs> but, uh, for that. Uh, talking about it uh, i agree it's um you know we get it you gotta protect your body you know these guys make millions of dollars and it's not for that game it's for all the other games that they play. So all that stuff's important. You know, you never know what injuries people are dealing with or anything like that on top of trying to get your team to the ultimate goal, which is the championship. So we understand that. Um, it's just, if you're going to do that, um, I would say it's getting to the point where it's just getting lazy when it doesn't really have to be. If you don't want to go all out in the all-star game, it's perfectly fine. But um I think it should be – I think they should create something to where there's more participation or more effort and all the other things. So, for example, Trey, I wouldn't be as mad of the All-Star game being for what it is or what the dunk contest ended up being. Now, I appreciate Mac McClung, and it was great. You know, he, great, he had some great dunks. It was amazing. But some of the other people there, I mean, you know, from the start, it's like I just – 
felt like they didn't need to actually be there. I didn't really know the guys that well. It would have been cool to see more, um, more of the bigger stars participate in something like that. Uh, same thing with the three point contest. Uh, you know, you had some good people, some people who should be in there. Then you had some people that were kind of just like, kind of just feels like <laughs> Julius Randall. Eight seconds to go. Randall on the drive, stripped by Butler. Randall gets it back. Randall puts up a three. Bang! Bang! Randall knocks down the three. Putting names on the list, you know, just yeah, just filling up, filling up spots. And like I said, you know, the all-star game at the end of the day, you know, it's their bodies. It's uh whatever they need to do to win the ultimate game. But there just has to be some more cooperation between the players and the fans with like if the game isn't going to matter, then everything else should matters, or we just need to do something to where, like, people aren't just wasting their money, because essentially it's going to turn into what happened with the Pro Bowl, to where they just get rid of it. And I think that's an even bigger right. disservice on the athletes and everyone a part of it. Absolutely, and before I give my thoughts, Trey, I mean, I'm going to have a solution in mind as well in terms of how to fix this, but I just want to give a little bit of, like, my thoughts on it as well just what i've seen and what i've seen over the last couple of uh years i do think it was a dope i think they are trying to find ways of incentivizing these players to play i will say that especially um you see over the last couple years if you if people have noticed that they're going by quarters now and the quarter whoever wins the quarters they're able to donate that x amount of dollars to whatever don't you know charity that for whoever team that is, right? So I think yesterday a team, I can't remember who Team Giannis was, but uh, I know Team LeBron's, I think was Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America. And so that is a dope thing, right? And I think that does incentivize people playing a little bit harder, which, I mean, my opinion is they were going to donate the money anyway, regardless if that person won the quarters or not. Um, That's a conversation for another day. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is that, and I was just watching a video on this the other day, today actually with nick wright he was talking about how we're bashing all these athletes for not playing right not playing in the big game not doing the dunk contest this and the third what the people don't realize is that too of what who plays a big role in this happening or where we've come to is the media and we always talk we don't really incentivize and we don't talk about hey this person is participating in dunk contest. hey this person won you know what i'm saying nick wright was talking about we only count the rings and especially when you bash people for not performing well, right? So people are trying to avoid embarrassment. You know what I'm saying? Like, say I choke nine dunks, bro. I'm the butt of every joke. I don't get nothing from it, right? I'm going to forever be remembered, especially in the social media area, right? Era. Y'all see how they treated Jericho Sims, right? Like, right. I mean, granted, I didn't like any of his dunks. I think they were bad. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is they did that boy dirty. So imagine, like, the stars getting out there and not performing very well. Like that's the reception that they're gonna get on a whole nother magnitude because they're stars. So the media and social media has a huge role in terms of why it's come to this point. Now, my quick solution before I get to you, Trey, to wrap this up, my quick solution would be this: go back to the format of East versus West. Like I like how they changed up and trying to do different things. I love that, but the fact of the matter is, it should be the East All Stars versus the West All Stars, right? Cool. The winner of the game between the All-Stars should determine, and I think they do it in one sport. I can't remember which sport. MLB. 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 There you go. Yes. Yes. They get home court advantage in the finals. That's, I think, the best way of fixing this, right, is because 
Yeah, especially if you got the All Stars are usually the All Stars are on contending teams, right? So they right. want that home court on both sides, right? Because they need to go back to they they city and dominate so they can get to the finals and get home court. So I think that's a really really good quick fix of going back to East versus West, and the winner of that game getting home court advantage in the finals. And I think that is where you will see some harder play coming come into uh to action when it comes to that NBA All Star game. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Jordan. That was actually what I was going to say. That was going to be my thing that I said. As I was, uh, I remember the MLB, they were talking about it and how it's the most competitive right now just because they're, everybody's trying for that home court. So I was thinking, like, that's the only I, that's the only thing I could think of, too, the East versus West, make it actually matter for playoffs because, like you said, everybody's going to be an all-star. They're probably on a good team because every all-star plays together at this point. So – but that's a conversation for another day. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to keep going with the flow. And going with the flow is going to end with Jay Flow. All right, man, my topic for today, um, really, really important topic for me, just from the standpoint of it being we're recording this at the end of Black History Month. So I wanted to kind of stay on topic of that. Um, and so one of the things that we know that's kind of going on and been circulating around the news, if people have been paying attention, is this um, controversy around the AP um, African-American studies, specifically in Florida, right? So I think Rob DeSantis is the governor of Florida, right? And so there's a lot of backlash that he's facing in terms of the legislature, um, legislator in, in, in Florida and nationwide as well. It's not just a Florida thing, but specifically for the state in terms of uh, banning um African AP uh, African American studies in the high school, and so I was reading up on something here um, talking about why, or just giving in the reasons as to why this decision was made. And so, from my understanding, according to the New York Times, they talk about um, how pretty much the the gist of it is that they don't believe that the curriculum of the AP African American studies is um, true in terms of like what all is being taught. And so it's, they, they, this is the quote they says officials say that it was not historically accurate and that it violated state laws restricting how race can be taught in the classroom. And so there's a couple things, especially with us being African-Americans and this being African or Black History Month. Um, there's a lot of emotions that are, this type of thing invokes out of me. And I'm trying to be as irrational or rational as I can be with this topic. But. This goes back to talking about the things like critical race theory. We know we had that conversation maybe a couple years back about the debate and the controversy with critical race theory. So my question to y'all as far as AP, just this situation as a whole, or just the teaching of African-American studies, why is it important for us to continue to push for these things to not only just be like an elective because at some point it's kind of was an elective type thing for all of us in high school, but to be a part of the baseline curriculum in American studies from elementary to high school. Why do you think that's important? Why and why or why not? Uh, I'll go first on this one. I would say, of course, it's important. It's important because you have times where you're in school and you're learning about, um, you would say uh, Caucasian people's cultures, and then it flips around. Why can't? Why isn't it okay to be able to learn about African American cultures? 
that's the same thing you learn about Asian cultures when you take history class and you go through the conquerors and all that that happened in Asia, but you can't learn about the African-American studies. It just doesn't seem like everybody's being treated equally with them having just banning just African-American studies. I feel like it should be either all or nothing. So everybody's culture gets explained or just the history of the country that you're in. Absolutely. Hell? I have two parts to this. Absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, first part is uh, outside the realm of school or uh, the government and how that works. And just as a self, uh, one of the main things I would love to that everyone understand is to avoid being force fed knowledge, right? So, with that being said, um, with everything going on, I wouldn't want this to discourage anyone or make it seem like it's impossible for you to know your history. You know, if you feel like there's more hoops and hurdles, go through the hoops and hurdles to learn your history and learn about your uh, culture, because it's very important for you, for any race, to understand where they came from, uh, what their culture is about, and then how to continue that culture for the future and then for your kids, right? So I would just say that clearly just whatever happens from here, you know, take it upon yourself to learn about yourself, basically. And then the second thing I would say is coming from someone who actually did take African-American studies and a class called African studies, I will say in my personal preference, I think it's way more important to learn about African studies than African-American studies. I think both are important, but my only issue is, and kind of like what Trey says, the thing with African-American studies is that African-American studies is going to start right when we come to America. The only problem is, is that that discredits and takes away the other 10,000 to 100,000 years that your ancestors have been on this planet, right? Right. So I make that a point and again, like with Trey, is that, you know, you learn about Caucasian history, but you learn about Caucasian history before America. Right. And then you learn about it in America. And those are two separate classes. Right. So I would say that's even more important. Learn about African history, because when you learn about African history, you learn about who we were not as slaves, because we are way more than just slaves. We're only ever taught about slavery and then we're only ever taught about the civil rights movement. We are way, way more than that. And it's not even close. There's so much that you can learn about your ancestry, about African, um, your African ancestors and everything, right? Just take the time and look through that stuff. But more importantly, you know, if you have the ability to take an African studies class. Um, so I guess to wrap this all up, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with how they feel about African-American studies, because I feel like anything in that realm would be beneficial to any type of race, whether it's uh, European studies or it's a Chinese studies or anything of that nature, you know, as a melting pot that America is, that comes with the territory that you should be inclusive of all ethnicities and race. And give people the ability to have something like that. They want to get together on their own or you want to establish it as an elective or 
fully into the curriculum. Absolutely. And just to wrap it up and give you my closing thoughts on this. Um, and it was really, really important for me to bring this up for the simple fact that this is the problem that we have collectively as not only just a community, but as a nation. And this is the reason why we can't move forward and heal is because we can't acknowledge the harsh reality and the truth of what we what happened. Right. It doesn't mean that it has to be a blame on anybody. We're not sitting here trying to act like, you know, all people are white people are bad or nothing like that, especially from our, you know, coming from our perspective. The fact of the matter is you cannot write American history without putting black people in there because we're the big one of the biggest parts of American history. America was founded on the backs and the slavery and all of that of African-Americans. That's not a that's not a dispute. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't now it evokes a, a certain type of reaction. And it makes other people feel a certain type of way. But it's a definitive fact that you can't run away from that. And so to teach American history and trying to skip over one of the most important important parts to what how America got built. How do you do that? How do you tell the full story of America without black people? How do you tell it without APM African-American studies? I understand maybe, in my opinion, why they're not trying to have that done. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's this cognitive dissonance that's happening within America. And that's exactly why we're in the position that we're in today is because we won't acknowledge and recognize what happened so we can move forward. We kind of tweak it. We kind of minimize it. That wasn't us. This and a third. We kind of invalidate people's feelings. But if you want to write American history, you have to understand that African-Americans was the biggest one of the biggest pieces of it. And before that, again, going back to your point, hell. There was Africans before that, and that was our ancestors. And there is so much power of who we are and where we come from that we need to understand to understand how we got here and our position here and understand that this wasn't meant for us. This wasn't meant for us. So how do we move forward? How do we go back to something that wasn't meant for us in the first place? So we have to create something new. We have to create something new in America. And that only starts when we acknowledge and say, this is what happened, and this is how we heal from it, and this is how we move forward to create something that has never been existing here, and that is equality and equity. We can't go back to something that never happened, and so we have to create something new if that's what people want. And so that's the my little spill in terms of my drop right there. Right there, African-American history. Uh, this was a really, really uh, dope episode for us, for sure. Um, going with the flow is going to be a reoccurring thing for us. Um, as we get prepared for season three, which makes make sure y'all tap in. It's coming announcements are here, coming here soon. So um, this is really, really successful. It's really cool to get back into the groove of things with the guys. We've been away from a little bit um, as we figure some things out, not only in our career lives, but our personal lives as well. So now we are back. We about to get back into the groove of things. And you already know what's going on. So again, subscribe, like, share, comment, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. YouTube, turn those notifications on as well as you um, are really, really, really important. And we want to hear from our, our, our viewers and our listeners because that's what continues to give us the feedback to do something new like this going with the flow segment that we're doing here. So um, any closing thoughts from the guys before we end? Yeah, yeah. One more thing. Uh, I'm checking it right now. We currently have 201 followers on Instagram, guys. We growing. Yep. We growing. Growing, man. Hey, hey, listen, not too long ago, especially even the start of the year, we were at like 150. You know what I mean? So, so much progress going on. You know, again, we got goals. 
we're going through it, man. We're we're doing everything we can. We a lot of work going on on our side. So appreciate everyone. You know, you guys have been supporting well. Keep it up. You know, we we love all this. We love it's really fun. We're having a lot of fun doing this right now, man. So appreciate it. Yeah, definitely keep up trade We appreciate everything you guys are doing for us with the feedback, liking, subscribing, everything matters to us. We really appreciate everything. And on top of that, just to keep an eye out, um, we have so much coming up. Like I said, so much coming up. Going with the flow was just announced today. As we're recording this, it was just announced today. But I got a couple more things that I'm ready to drop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that Brian video, what do you say? Here go two more for you. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how I'm feeling with like some of the news that we got coming in. And um, so, yeah, just continue to stay tuned, continue to share the podcast, continue to uh, to like and all that things. Those that gives us the motivation to come back and give you all the, the, the content that y'all love uh, so much that we love to create. So with that being said, successful episode and uh, we shall see you soon.